You forgot the name, didn't you? You 100% forgot it. I've asked you like 85. <laughs> I just knew as soon as there was a moment of silence. <laughs> Are we okay, starting? Is that our intro? Again. Is that our intro? No, that was not All our right, intro. great intro. Let's go. I'm sorry. I drew How a blank. How Does God Speak, episode two. Oh, I'm sorry, Wes. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast where we always know what's going on and we never make mistakes. Can we keep that as the intro though? Sure. Actually, that would be so funny. <laughs> Welcome to How Does God Speak episode two, everyone. We're glad to have you here. On the Ignite Youth Podcast. Oh, Wes, you and I are going to have to switch chairs yeah. <laughs> so that one of us knows what's going on here. Uh-huh. You think I know what's going on. I barely know what's going on. Youth <laughs> pastor in the job description, it says 50% of the time you must be Oh, aware. that high, eh? Wow. I know. I used to think it'd be lower. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're talking about how does God speak in oh, our crazy funny. intro. It's a crazy Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It's Wednesday. It's we- <laughs> wow. We're recording this on Wednesday, coming out to you on Friday. So yes, this is every time. Friday. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> well, I hope that you're laughing at us, with us, not at us. Carrie's gonna be laughing so much with this. Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna hear the end of this. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. All right, yeah, we're talking about how does God speak. So how does God speak? Well, last week we talked about the four ways that we kind of hear God's mm-hmm. voice, and that was um, through the influence of others, uh, through life situations, uh, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, and yep. through um, the Word of God, through yes, the Bible. reading the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. And these are all different kind of ways we can hear God, and there are times in the Bible where we actually see God use the unfortunate events to actually speak to his people, to mm-hmm. use the unfortunate events to actually speak to his people. God spoke to the nation of Israel through multiple famines. God spoke to Joseph through slavery and imprisonment Mm -hmm. and family grief. God spoke to Moses through a burning bush and Jonah through a giant fish that swallowed him. Not a whale. Giant fish. Giant fish. That is one of the things about God that's a common theme I find in the Bible, that when something bad happens... Still there. He, like uses it for good and i'm i believe it says that several places in the oh yeah it does and he the thing is people we have this notion that when things are going really tough we're on our own yes we do but we can see evidence in the scripture that says otherwise where god even when tough things are happening was still there Mm -hmm. still speaking still being like no like this is what we're going to do almost like having a plan for that and it's really amazing that god can do this and it's different for everybody, but the common theme that we see is, you know, God is speaking. Yeah. In all of these situ- the situations we just mentioned with Joseph and slavery and, and with Moses and with Jonah, all of that God was speaking. And it, the fact is, are, are we listening? That's the question. Yeah. So there's a, there's a bit of tension with the idea of God speaking to us. We said last week that sometimes we can misinterpret, you know, the first three methods of hearing God's voice. Or maybe we'll be wrongly influenced by others. Maybe we took a wrong turn based on, you know, life situations. We, mm-hmm. we ended last week saying um, that to hear God's voice, we can always turn to his word. Yeah. Because it is plainly written in front of us. It's not, it's not debatable. Well, it is. People debate it all the time. But the that Bible is, is the written word of God. And we can actually put our trust in. We know it's mm-hmm. God breathed. Yes. Um, it's living. The living, it's living word. It's, yeah. It's active. Mm-hmm. It's living. It's breathing. It's, 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 this, it's this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we're actually going to go through uh, the story of Elijah, looking at, kind of looking at the life of Elijah. We're going to go to First Kings for it, and we're going to read 
uh, about this guy named Elijah who had a conversation with God. And Elijah was a man who was full of faith. Yeah. And in the first moment we meet him in 1 Kings 17, we see that he is confronting these prophets of Baal. Mm-hmm. This, this, it was kind of like, if you were to look at a map, I could, I could kind of show you above Israel, there's the Assyrian, the Hittites, the, yep. uh, this kind of group, Babylon, kind of over to the east. It wasn't there yet, but it was this group that all worshipped kind of Baal and other gods. It was mm-hmm. kind of like a pantheon. Like, they, they worshipped many gods. And so we see that um, he's challenging the prophets of Baal. And he knew that their gods were false gods. And the challenge went like this. So each group had an altar, and Elijah said they should both call on their gods to see which altar would be set on fire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fast forward to the end, and, and the one true God, the God of the Bible, Elijah's God, set Elijah's altar on fire. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the false gods didn't come through for the prophets of Baal. And we see these kind of miracles happen all throughout the Bible. Yeah. I know our perspective today may be like, well, miracles are very different in our world today, or sometimes we don't even see these kind of miracles, but I think people coming to faith and different things like that, like that can be viewed as a miracle. Yeah. But you know what? I love that story too, because it wasn't just what you said. They poured water on Elijah's Mm -hmm. um, altar. And so his was like soaking wet. And I don't believe Baal did that. No. Or the, sorry, the altar that was set to Baal. No. They didn't do that. And uh, yeah, I love that part of the story that it was like, I felt like God was almost like the underdog we wanted to root for. And he like did it anyway. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And so we, we, we're going to jump to um, this moment that Elijah happens um, right after the miracle with the prophets of Baal. Elijah experienced this moment of fear and depression. This is a very relatable Bible story for people. Mm-hmm. And it starts in 1 Kings 19. And this is verses 1 to 3. And it says, Ahab and Jezebel... Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and he and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as a life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid and he rose and he arose and ran for his life. He came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah and left his servant there. So for context, Ahab and Jezebel were not good people. No. The, you kind of view them as like the evil king and queen kind of thing. Yeah. Um, they were not happy with Elijah, which is a huge deal, especially in ancient times. You're just a regular person. These people are upset with you. You're, you're not looking great. Yeah. But for Elijah, we would say, but he knows his God is true. He knows his God is one that is powerful. He who just is, saw it. Who is amazing, right? Yeah. But he still runs. Mm. He still is in fear. He's still, he's still like, anxious. He's, he's like, oh, I'm going to die. My life's over. It's done. It's, it's finished. Yeah. Isn't that how it goes sometimes, though? Sometimes mm-hmm. we'll have those, like, mountaintop moments where we're like, oh, I oh, feel yeah, God. Yeah. I'm so close to God. Yeah. And then once we go down into the valley. It's like, dang, nope. It's like, uh-oh. Yeah. In trouble again, right? Yeah, so he runs for his life. And then we read in verse 4 of First Kings 19. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and sat down mm. under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die saying, it is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. So Elijah's actually calling for God to end his life. Yeah. He's so filled with fear, so filled with anxiousness, so fear, fear, f- filled with this idea that his life is over. Yeah. That he's calling God, like, just end my life. It's done. Like, I'm, I can't yeah. do this. And I think it's something very relatable that people feel. When we're filled with that anxiousness and fear, often we start saying, you know, God is just, it's not worth it. Like, there's just yeah. no point. We want a way out of it, right? 
Yeah, exactly. And I think it's one of the most groundbreaking things we can learn from this is that anybody is susceptible to exhaustion, anxiety, depression, fear. Anybody. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. Yep. We're all, it all can happen to us. Mm -hmm. And then we read 1 Kings 19, verse 5 to 8, which says, and and he lay down and slept under a broom tree. So this is Elijah. Mm -hmm. Now he's sleeping under the broom tree. Yeah. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time, touched him and said, arise and eat for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and drank and he went, um, he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. So (laughs) that makes me laugh because you know, he needed a nap and a snack. Well, that's the thing. He's like a, you know, like a toddler. So yeah. the thing is, Elijah is so tired and scared and depressed that the angel literally laid food next to his head. He was so exhausted. All he did was kind of move his head over and just kind of munch on things. Yeah. He was so tired. And the fact is, is that what we're seeing, and God actually kind of points to it, sometimes when we're filled so much of this, mm-hmm. the greatest thing we can do is eat and sleep. <laughs> yeah but it works for all of exactly. us exactly we just need to eat and sleep it's that reset yeah god knows and sees how much like we need that nutrition we need that rest it's good for us because it, it resets us a bit mm-hmm. it can put us into a place where we're like okay all right i can i can deal with things a little more now you mm-hmm. can kind of take a break yep and our lives that are filled with business we don't do this very well or no. don't do this often and so the thing is, God wants us to be able to rest. Mm-hmm. We see that. God wants us to be able to rest and to refresh. And it's something that's very important. And while good food and rest is important, we also have to see the importance of consuming God's word. Yeah. So I ask the question, you know, how does God speak to us? Well, in our moments of fear and depression, we need to remember the most important thing that we can do is actually go turn to God's word, actually go say to scripture. If you're in fear and anxiety and anxiousness, I would say go to the Psalms. Yeah. You can read about how David was dealing with fear, anxiety, depression. You can can read it. You can go to Elijah's story. You can read it, how God actually sustained these people with rest and with comfort. And the thing is, these people kept praising God because they're like, no, they're seeing it in action. Mm -hmm. When, When we can see it in action, not only in scripture, but then we can start to see it in our own lives. It, it can make a world of a difference. And it's that idea of actually turning our ears on to actually listen to what God is at in our lives. Mm-hmm. So we all have these tools where we can get closer to God, where we can hear God, whether that is um, the Bible, whether that is at church or small groups or camps or retreats or fun events or worship or any of these things that we just mentioned. It, we can help kind of hear God's voice. Um so what we're saying is that if we had to really put it down to like a thing i want us to actually be able to say okay where are we actually hearing god's voice in our own lives Mm -hmm. is it through worship is it through the influence of others and if it is through the influence of others check back with the word of god Mm -hmm. because like we said it can be easily misunderstood or misinterpreted or like we, we need to check and we need to see where we're hearing God's voice because it's important to hear God's voice. Yeah. If we're just going, like the idea of a lukewarm Christian, if we're just yeah. here at church on Sunday, 
through the week, not learning scripture at all, not doing anything like that, we're not going to hear God's voice. Yeah. Like, and w- and then we say, well, I, I, why am I not hearing God's? Because you're not listening. Mm-hmm. You need to open your ears. You need to read your Bible, go into worship, fill your, fill your time with God. And I, I understand, like, people work and have school and yeah, everything. And I understand that. But there's ways we can still fill it. Yeah. In between class, go listen to a worship song. Yep. If on a break and where, or if you're working, put earbuds in, yep. if you can, and and listen to different things, and it, it it changes your mindset. Yeah, it really does. Like you you really feel a difference, like when you start to fill your time with God more. Um, so we're we're reading these things about how Elijah, how God actually sustained Elijah, how God actually did this, and it's a really amazing thing. So we're seeing how Elijah was this guy who God has really sustained and really helped. But we can also look at other people. Mm-hmm. We all know about Adam. If we look at Adam in the Bible, yeah, um, right from the beginning, um, we all know that God actually knew where Adam was. Like, let's go to the fall. When Adam actually hid from God, God knew where Adam was. Yeah. But the question allowed Adam to think of his response to everything the question truly meant. You know, why was Adam hiding? Why did Adam make that decision? What did his relationship with God change? And the same goes for Elijah. If we look at Elijah's story. Why was Elijah hiding? Why was he afraid of Jezebel? Mm-hmm. Why did he ask God to take his life? So we're seeing this kind of narrative where even though they have this relationship with God, they still they still do. It's a human thing. It's a yeah. human thing. It's this, this distrust or whatever it may be. We all do it, though. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like say, if we all have something in our life that tempts us no matter what. Yes, whether of course. Whether it's food or drinking or it doesn't matter. Yeah. But... It's when that happens, when that fear or anxiety comes and we run to it or hide from it, mm-hmm. whatever, why is our response not, like, no, God's got this. Like, this, this isn't going to yeah. stop me. Like, this is, when I, we go I, through I, a hard time, why isn't the number one thing we do is turn on some worship music and open our Bible? Mm-hmm. Why is that not our default? And I think why, the reason it's not our default is because we're broken from the inside. Yeah. And it takes time and it takes practice. To really get to that place where when things like that happen, to stop, to reset, to have like a nap and a snack, nap, <laughs> a nap and a snack, and just kind of pause, yeah, and rest upon God. And I think that's something important and something that we need to do more, or need to tell people that we need to do more, because it's so so important. And I think that something really important. This is James four verse eight, mm-hmm. and this is what it says: Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. It's simple. Mm-hmm. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. It's like um, we we explain it at youth group um, with like a door. Okay. So we're we are on the inside, mm-hmm. and God is on the outside, and God is just this gentle knock. Sorry. Yep. God is just this gentle knock. It never goes away. God's there. It's not like a bashing, like open up, open up. But it's it's a gentle knock, and we're sitting there. And all we have to do is open the door even a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's all we have to do is turn that knob just a little bit. And we can draw near to God. Because he's already drawing near to us. He's yeah. like, I'm here. You just got to open up. Yeah. And w- when we can open that up, not only can we hear God's voice, but we can feel his embrace, too, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful, beautiful embrace. So I think this 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 thing that we're talking about is this this kind of small voice that God has. It's a small voice that speaks into our lives. And sometimes we can't hear it because we're not listening. Mm-hmm. And we need to 
it's like back in school remember primary school yeah where they told you like oh you know turn your ears on turn your listening ears yes on. that's right but it's true we, we need to turn our listening ears on to actually yeah. sometimes hear god yep and sometimes he will speak to us in a way we do not understand or did not think would happen mm-hmm. and so we do with that we're gonna dive into that more next week awesome thank you that's awesome pastor yeah. Wes. it's a lot to think about thank uh you. good if you'd like to get in touch with pastor Wes. Um, to chat about any of this or if you have any questions you can reach him at wes at waynefleetbic.com and if you'd like to get in touch with me with any feedback love to hear from you as well and my email address is julie at waynefleetbic.com thank you very much for tuning in and we look forward to connecting with you next week have a great week bye and please please you know let us know about how that intro went (laughs) okay for real now bye (laughs)